The Crime There's something addicting about a secret. J. Edgar Hoover 1. The squalid little alley smelled of piss despite the February cold. Detective Seamus O'Reilly tugged his overcoat closed and wished he'd worn boots. He could feel the chill of his metal flashlight through the worn glove on his right hand. He had been working swing shifts since Kennedy's assassination almost three months before. He'd volunteered. He wanted the night murders. The muggings gone bad, the 3 a.m. domestic tragedies, the knifings after last call. Because he knew day shifts would get protection duty and the political cases. New York got its share of dignitaries, and after Dallas, all of them were afraid they'd be next. He wanted straightforward crime, not babysitting so-called famous people. The kids were grown, and with Nola working nights at the hospital, swing seemed best for him as well. Except at moments like this, when he stood next to a coroner's van outside a dirty little alley, and that feeling in his gut, the one he'd learned to trust at Anzio twenty years ago, flared so badly that he wanted to turn around and go home. Instead, he glanced over his shoulder to make sure his new partner was behind him. Joseph McKinnon was ten years younger, twenty pounds lighter, and six inches taller. He had the thick neck and broad shoulders of a former quarterback, and an all-American handsomeness that should have kept him out of undercover work. But it hadn't. He'd been one of the best vice cops in the city, and, as a promotion, He'd asked for homicide. McKinnon was just beginning to learn that homicide wasn't really a step up. O'Reilly was just beginning to learn that having a new partner didn't mean he had a better partner. McKinnon was looking at the surrounding buildings, his flashlight pointed down. The street was dark and empty, which was not a surprise. Police presence made anyone who lived on this block vanish. This neighborhood teetered between swank and corrupt. It was far enough from Central Park for degenerates and muggers to use the alleys as corridors and, conversely, close enough for new money to want to live within a peak of the city's most famous expanse of green. So far, the new money hadn't overtaken the old ways. At least, not on this block. O'Reilly had handled four murders here since he transferred, but all of them were on the street itself the bodies found by cops or delivery men. Someone in the alley might not get found for days. On this block, most people looked the other way. One block north, they started watching out their windows. On the block across from the park, they might actually call the cops if they saw something going down. But in this alley, it was amazing anyone had found the bodies at all. Unlike the street, the alley wasn't dark. It looked like daylight in the small rectangular space. The coroner had set up his trademark battery-operated lights on garbage can lids placed on top of the dirty ice, one at the head of the bodies, the other near the feet. O'Reilly wasn't going to look at the bodies, not yet. He liked to absorb the scene first. Sometimes, these few moments yielded the most important information. Impressions, feelings... Seemingly small details often led him to the heart of any case he was working on, which was why he had one of the highest closure rates in the department, 
and why his bosses had fought his transfer to Knights so hard. The lights created crisp shadows on the brick walls. The two beat cops who had discovered the bodies were standing near the front of the alley, their shadows elongated and thick. The coroner's assistant stood behind one of the lights, next to the gurney he'd brought, so his shadow looked like someone had painted him in black. It was an eerie tableau, made eerier by the fact that the coroner, in the middle of the lights, had no shadow at all. Thomas Brunner, the coroner, bent over the bodies. O'Reilly liked working with Brunner. They were the same age and had the same attitude toward work. Get it done, do the best job possible, and move on. Most everyone else in the department disliked Brunner. He was blunt, bigoted, and hard-nosed. But he never messed with O'Reilly.